Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. In April, the National Commission on Certification of Physicians' Assistants, also known as NCCPA, published their statistical report of certified physicians' assistants, which detailed the significant growth of the profession amidst an aging population and physician shortage. The report found that not only has the amount of PAs increased in recent years, but the way in which they deliver health care has also evolved. During this podcast, we're speaking with Dr. Dawn Morden-Rias, the Chief Executive Officer of NCCPA, about this evolving role and other findings from the report. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're happy to have you on. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So just for some background, what is the day-to-day role of a physician's assistant, and how does this kind of differ from the roles of physicians themselves or nurse practitioners? That's a great question. Physician assistants are primary care providers, direct patient care providers. The day-to-day role is very much like physicians and nurse practitioners in that PAs obtain the patient history, they perform the physical examination, they order and interpret laboratory and diagnostic studies, they uh, make diagnoses, evaluate patients, provide direction to the patient and an assessment for the patient, and treat and manage the conditions, including writing prescriptions and uh, providing patient education, counseling, and follow-up care. So from soup to nuts, for 75 90 to 80% of the, of the patient population, care can effectively be provided by physician assistants. Routine procedures as well as specialty practice is included in, in what's provided by PAs. PAs also work in every clinical discipline and setting. So, for example, if you're seen in a private practice, you you may be seen by a PA. If you're seen in the hospital, the person who cares for you in the emergency room could be the PA. If you're a hospitalized patient and preparing for surgery, the person who uh, evaluates you before the surgical procedure could be the PA. The person who cares for you every day while you're hospitalized and tracking your perform your your progress and improvement, that could be the PA, a PA as well. So in every setting and disciplines, PAs provide that beginning to end care that is traditionally provided by physicians. The only addition is that PAs work as part of the healthcare team. So the care that is provided is supported with a physician colleague. And so in cases where a more specialized care is needed or the patient is has a very unique presentation or a unique challenge, the physician is, is always close at hand or either in person or telephonically to provide support and, uh, and back up to the PA. And that's the main difference between PAs and, and physicians in that we have that uh, relationship with physicians for, uh, for backup and consultative services. In the end, the patient is, is seen by a team of highly qualified practitioners who can care for them from beginning to end. Right. And so how have you seen this role evolved over, say, the last five to 10 years? It, has the role stayed the same or the added responsibilities, or have you seen the landscape kind of change drastically? Well, that's, that's another great question. The landscape has changed over the last several years as healthcare has changed. 
you know, if we were to look back 20 or 30 years ago, there were many private practices and physicians would hire uh, individual PAs to work directly with them uh, and have that one-to-one rapport. What we've seen in the last several years is that Healthcare is delivered more commonly through health systems. And so systems will hire physicians and nurse practitioners and PAs all caring for, for patients because of the volume and the degree of uh, specialization that is now the norm in healthcare. And so that's a bit of a change in how PAs have worked uh, from, or work rather from the beginning of the profession till today. Also, we see that PAs are are moving into specialty practice just as physicians have over the last several decades. When the PA profession started in the late 1960s, PAs worked in family medicine, primary care, and often in in urban and rural settings, but caring for patients that, uh, you know, in in a family practice realm. What we're seeing now is 70% of PAs work in specialty practice extending the care that is provided by the specialist, again, performing histories and physicals and and evaluating and managing patients, but in a much more technologically advanced and specialized manner. And that that represents a change in the profession as well. The, uh, you know, the PA profession is very adaptable, adaptable because PAs are educated like physicians in a generalist model. We call it a medical model of education. And we sit for high-stakes examinations, and we go through a continuous, a rigorous continuous education process, much like physicians. And, and those high standards throughout practice enable PAs to work and perform at a high level, but also to provide care across a broad range of, of disciplines and settings. Right. And now with an aging population, this comes with more comorbidities, sicker populations, and more complex needs. How has this really impacted the need for PAs? Well, the interesting thing is that we see that with an aging population and people obviously living longer, there is a need for more providers to be able to meet patients where they are and to just care for them and to be able to address the broad range of concerns and health challenges that are commonly faced by people as they as they age. And so the education and clinical training of PAs enables, you know, the profession to meet those growing and evolving needs. Similarly, a hallmark of the PA profession is the education of PAs to, to provide good patient education and counseling and to really help explain conditions to the patient. And while that is certainly an important element throughout the lifespan, it is especially important as patients age and they become more concerned about their health. They face more health challenges. They need more information on how to manage themselves in between their, their visits to their, to their PA or to their physician. And in that regard, the PA profession has really worked well to be able to help uh, fill some of those gaps by spending more time with patients and being able to explain in lay terms, almost like a translator for patients, explaining for them what their health concerns are and how to best manage them. That's especially important in a in, with an aging population. Right. And now looking at the physician shortage, is this having an impact on PAs and their role and their duties or demands? 
Well, it, it certainly has opened the possibility and the opportunities for for PAs to fill those health shortages and those gaps. And so as the physician shortage, you know, continues to widen and deepen, uh, PAs are in a good position to work as part of that healthcare team to cover and to provide care for, for a growing, you know, an aging population. So, you know, every patient deserves great care. And it, it is, it is, you know, really important to be, to feel comfortable with your provider and PAs work very well in helping patients feel cared for and attended to, as well as having their medical concerns addressed. And so as the physician shortage continues, PAs are, are a good supplement to the, to the healthcare team. And we're seeing more and more PAs being educated, PAs choosing this profession straight out of college. And, and staying in this profession for, you know, their entire careers. Right. And it seems like PAs really have good relationships with their patients. They really work hand-in-hand hand with their patients. But do you find that patients sometimes have misconceptions or kind of a stigma surrounding PAs? If a patient is told they'll be attended to by PA rather than a physician during an appointment, do you find that there is hesitancy or any stigma around that? Well, years ago, when the profession first started, there was often, you know, that question of, well, what's a PA and why can't I see the doctor and, and what's the difference between a PA and an MD, et cetera. And so if, we were, if you were to ask me that question, you know, 20 years ago, the answer would be that there, there was probably a lot of concern or a lot more questions. Today, there are by few questions What's a PA? Why can't I see the doctor, et cetera? Um, because more patients, patients are more familiar with the profession and right. physicians are more familiar and comfortable with the profession. Many of today's practicing physicians grew up professionally with PAs in their educational process through medical school, through, through clinical training and residency. So physicians are more are comfortable and they can share that comfort and explanation with their patient population. All of these things help to reduce some of the misperceptions or misunderstanding about being seen by a PA. And, and quite frankly, you know, patients will always ask for, you know, their provider. And they, they are welcome to, they welcome the opportunity to learn more about other providers. And so having the question posed isn't a deal breaker. It doesn't mean that the conversation is over. I think most TAs are comfortable explaining to patients how they can care for them with the services that they can provide for them. And, and the choice is always the patient, you know, left to the patient. And nine times out of 10, the patient is, is, is perfectly fine with seeing the PA. And, uh, and in many cases, I hear Colleagues and, and patients say, my dermatologist is a PA, <laughs> my family practitioner is a PA because they've become so accustomed to and connected with their, you know, the PAs that have provided, that provide care for them. So I think in short, we're seeing by far less stigmatization to, uh, associated with the profession and much less reluctance among uh, the patient population. Right. That's definitely good to hear. And so the reason I wanted to talk to you today was because the National Commission on Certification of Physician Assistants recently published their statistical report of certified PAs, 
which highlighted the significant increase in the number of certified PAs in the workplace. It found that this rose from 31 to 40 per 100,000 residents between 2013 and 2018. How do you expect it to continue in the coming years? Well, you're right. It's been a huge, a tremendous growth in the number of PAs. And I suspect that the number of PAs will probably continue to grow, but I can't imagine that it would continue grow at the rapid rate that we've seen in the most recent past. I think that if you look at the profession over the last several decades, there have been periods of of tremendous growth and then stabilization and then tremendous growth again as, you know, the economy shifts, as the healthcare landscape shifts, as employment opportunities shift, etc. So while there has been tremendous growth, I think the profession is certainly well established. I don't anticipate that there would be such tremendous growth, you know, at that same rate over the next several years. It's likely to stabilize and then perhaps uh, shift again. What we're also seeing is greater distribution of PA practice. And so it's not just in the urban setting or just in the rural setting, but you see PA practice across all facets of, of America and in all settings and disciplines and in prison health and employed in urgent care centers and as well as traditional centers like hospitals and, and group practices. So I think there's, there are always patients to be seen. And, um, you know, when we think of the healthcare crisis, I, I, I see it more as a, a distribution issue than a, or challenge as opposed to a, a numbers challenge. I think PAs are well positioned to, to fill some of those gaps because of the great flexibility that this profession affords clinicians in terms of their practice environment and discipline. Today, the profession is here to stay. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt that it's well, uh, well established in the healthcare landscape. Something you said that stuck with me is that because of their flexibility, they can kind of fill different gaps. So do you think physician assistants have the potential to kind of help with the rural shortage of providers, especially because you really see in rural settings there are not only practices closing, but a challenge in getting providers there. So do you think this is something PAs could also help with? We, If we were to look back at our statistical reports, even over the last several years, we've seen a steady growth in the number of PAs that are working in rural and even what they call frontier settings where there are fewer providers per capita um, or certainly per square mile and the great distribution or gaps between healthcare providers across, you know, geographic land masses. And we're seeing PAs moving into those areas as more programs open up and educate students across the country, not only in urban centers and cities, but also in rural communities. And many of those schools integrate distance learning technologies and so forth. We're seeing that PAs who or students who grow up in certain communities, rural communities and suburban communities as well, often choose to work in those same communities. And the technology is such that they're able to be educated without having to move too far from their home communities. And so we're seeing steady growth in the number of PAs working in rural settings, helping to fill those, those gaps. It's not uncommon to hear a PA say, 
I'm the only provider in a 200 mile radius. That's very, that's, you know, that's health shortage and PAs are well equipped to provide that care in partnership and in collaboration with physicians. And it it works very well. And I think there's tremendous opportunity for growth of the profession in rural communities as well, because there are still pockets of America where where care is, is more difficult to come by. Right. And you also mentioned distribution among clinical settings. So what do you think are factors behind this? Do you think that urgent care centers and minute clinics kind of popping up and having more prevalence is driving this? It's, it, you know, to use an old phrase, it's what came first, the chicken or the egg. I'm not really sure. I think patient demand and, and, and desire for immediacy has, has helped to shape the healthcare industry that we're experiencing today. And so when we look at millennials or people who are very, very busy, they're not, they're not able to take off a day of work to sit all day waiting for an appointment or they don't want to wait three weeks for an appointment. And so that has created the space that I think is being filled by minute clinics and urgent care centers that have greater flexibility in hours, weekends, evenings, uh, et cetera. Because of our technological focus, we're accustomed to immediacy. We don't really want to wait a, a long time. And, and in many cases, we shouldn't have to. And so I think there are several things that have changed in the last decade or so that has, has given rise to greater access to care for many, but not for all. And urgent care and minute clinics, et cetera, are, are a way to fill that gap. And PAs are part of the, the healthcare workforce in, in many of those settings. And with the growing demand for PAs and their growing prevalence, is burnout an issue? You know, I think burnout is a, is a tremendous issue that is now finally getting the attention that perhaps it has deserved and that, you know, caring for sick patients is very stressful and it's a demanding aspect of, of the work as much as providers enjoy caring for patients. Burnout is a real, is a real concern, I think. We, you know, we all experience movement in a fast pace, at a fast pace, and trying to do many, many things at the same time. And technology has helped us in many ways, but perhaps has made us more accessible and subject to greater susceptibility for, for burnout. And I think having PAs as part of the healthcare team can certainly help reduce some of the some of the effects of high volume, high demand work settings that give rise to physician burnout. You know, there are lots of challenges associated with our healthcare system. It's a very complex healthcare system with lots of elements that weren't necessarily part of one's initial thought when they when they envisioned being a healthcare provider. There's a lot of bureaucracy and record keeping and documentation and that wasn't as prevalent 30 years ago. And so as physicians and PAs and other members of the healthcare team carrying more of those responsibilities in addition to their patient care responsibilities. Burnout is a, is a real challenge and uh, having more hands on deck, if you will, is a way to, to help minimize some of it. And were there any other major findings in the report that you think it's important to mention or bring up? Well, I'm, I'm particularly excited about the relative use of the profession 
in that the average age of PAs is 38, which suggests that one, young people coming, you know, just entering the workforce or just um, finishing college, see this profession as a as a real viable choice for them. As well, that usefulness of the profession gives rise to career longevity. And so when we look at some of the other health professions where the average age is in the fourth decade or the fifth decade, this statistic is particularly exciting in that it kind of foreshadows longevity of the profession as well as longevity in clinicians who will be working for, for you know, several decades going forward and can really hone and refine, you know, the craft of caring for patients throughout their careers. And, and that, I think, is particularly exciting. Great. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Did you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Well, I think first I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to to have this conversation with you and um, and to really talk about how PAs can make a difference in in a managed care environment and in the shifting healthcare environment where the needs are of patients are so vast and so diverse. But at the end of the day, everybody, every patient wants to feel that their concerns have been addressed, that they've been cared for and attended to by knowledgeable and skillful people who know what they're doing and are also able to do it with grace and, and, um, and humanity and humility. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of this profession. And so I'm always happy to talk about it and to uh, encourage uh, the profession, but also to encourage patients to learn more about this profession. So thank you for the chance to uh, to talk about how PAs can make a difference and are making a difference in healthcare. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really happy you came on. Thank you. To read the full report, see the show notes. You can get in touch with us by emailing info at ajmc.com or by following us on Twitter at ajmc underscore journal. And finally, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in.